Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor's going to distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started. You're tuning into the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing after shows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Yes! I am so pumped right now! Yes! Ready to fight! Valerian Steel Blade, check. Dragon Glass. We got none. We're good. We're still going to be good. We're going to be okay. Hey, everybody, welcome to your Game of Thrones After Buzz TV After Show Hard Home episode. What is it? Episode 7? 8? Season 5? No, it's episode 7. Is eight? it 8? I think it's 8. Oh my gosh, we're almost no. done. It's episode Whoa. 8 of season 5. Everybody, my name is Kyle Maddock. I'm going to be your host tonight. To my left, I have the lovely Kirsten Snyder. And I'll be protecting you. Thank you very much. <laughs> and to her left, I have Sarah Strick. Hello, everyone. So excited to talk tonight and thank you for being patient and waiting with us. Sorry about the delay. There we go. And we peeled him off the couch to bring him over to the desk. Ryan Malady. <laughs> I don't like change. I'm scared. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ryan Malady and I will be your chat correspondent. Go to youtube.com slash TV to join the conversation. Here we go. Nice. And you're going to be under Ryan Malady tonight. I'm, I'm right. under Ryan Malady tonight. All right, there Man we go. Man of many faces. Awesome, awesome. What do you guys feel? I mean, we're, I know we're all jazzed about this, but we like this episode, right? Favorite episode of the season. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm like, finally, finally, we are back and watching Game of Thrones. Like, this felt like a Game of Thrones episode. This is why we love Game of Thrones. But I haven't <laughs> been, like, feeling that. Like, I haven't been feeling negative all season. Like, it hasn't been something mm-hmm. that it's been consciously, like, weighing on my shoulders or anything that I was like, oh, where's the big brawling scenes? This just heightened the show. Absolutely. It did. It was invigorating. The last section was obviously, they took their time with it. They built everything up. I thought it was done so well, but I don't want to. It's my favorite episode of the season so far, but I'm not knocking the season. Absolutely, so. you need that court intrigue and the slow burn mm-hmm. sometimes and stuff like that. And sometimes you just need that action sequence and mm-hmm. everything together. It just you know makes the show so good. Yeah, so. I can't remember the last time I literally got out of my chair and screamed. Tonight we all screamed during view- the viewing of this. We watched it all together, and literally, I was like, "Oh!" And we probably just scared some people. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good one. It was a good one. So let's start off this week in Marine. Let's start with Tyrion and Jorah standing before the Queen of Dragons. Mm. There you go. How did how did you how did you think that was going to go down? Um, well, oh. we. We had all predict, kind of predicted that the fighting pits were going to come into play, and whether or not Daenerys was going to t- accept um, Tyrion's help. What I liked most about this was how they visually kind of presented it. So mm-hmm. when you watched how 
before all of the upshots of looking up at Daenerys while Tyrion and Jorah are on the floor. Mm -hmm. And then as he gets the chance to speak to her, to advise her on what she should do, he climbs a couple steps and he becomes on the same plane as Jorah. So he's no longer shorter than him. He climbs those steps. He's on that next platform. And when you look at it camera height, he is now just as tall as Jorah. And this is right before, of course, Jorah gets banished mm. again. That's some, nice, that's some nice imagery that it you was, noticed it was there. Great. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I totally uh, I knew that Tyrion was going to be an advisor to Danny. You know, like he, it's just going to happen. I mean, he's smart. He's yeah. there for a reason. And Jorah, I didn't know what his fate was going to be, but I just feel bad. He's just the man of exile. Like, no matter where he goes, he just gets exiled from it. Yeah, but did Tyrion do him a favor? Question. Uh, do you think he did? Because he didn't... He could have easily said, yeah, you should kill him. I think. Um, he, I don't think he was doing anyone any favors. I think he was just honest. Honest. I think he was advising mm-hmm. the way he plans on advising, which is honestly. Yeah. I'll, I will go on the opposite side of that, and I'll say it was a bit of a favor, because... He, if this was any other man who he wouldn't have just like gotten to know through the traveling experience that they had together and getting to know Jorah that way, I think he probably would advise her to kill someone who betrayed her. Yeah. And um, Jorah did kidnap Tyrion, so Tyrion's a little like, Ugh. yeah. To me, his this first section of advisement was very much him being cautious. He -hmm. didn't really tell her what to do. He laid out what she couldn't do and made her make the decision. Mm -hmm. So as much as he was advising, he really just went through all the steps of everything the audience knows and the Daenerys already knows about loyalty, about his devotion, about the the fact that he's probably in love with her. He wasn't like, you should banish Jorah and you should do this. He simply said, he can't be by your side yeah. and you shouldn't get rid of people who are devoted to you. He actually didn't give her a decision. He just was the person who showed her all of the information in a case, concise yeah. way and highlighting the very important facts. Interesting. Sometimes you want to hear people say those things out loud, though, because mm-hmm. like we've been discussing that Jorah is in love with Danny for years, but to actually hear it out loud with him standing right there yeah. beside her was just powerful, the way he delivered it. Mm-hmm. Also, though, it, it did bring it to the light of everyone else in the room. It was being able, he showed that he can say things that people do keep them keep the personal. He wasn't just listing the mm-hmm. political impacts, the people impacts. Right. He was also willing to put her personal life in the into the decision making. But what I will say, I thought it was a good place for him to kind of initiate his rapport with her, but the second conversation that we get of just the two of them yeah, over just... wine Ah, now I'm having... I would have said, I would have been with Ryan and been like, yes, he's a great advisor. But the advice he started giving her in the second conversation, I felt like we were playing two truths and a lie. Some of the stuff he was saying, I thought was just outright lies. What, that she, maybe she shouldn't go to Westeros? No, for instance, um, when he lists the things fighting against her, he's like, there's no more Starks. That's a lie. He says... um, I think as far as money goes to support her. Uh, I mean, I I understand maybe, but it just kind of felt he lifted off a bunch of things. He was like, basically, there's no more Starks, there's no more Targaryens, and then he also added, and then the none of the heads of the Lannister household are going to support you. Well, according to him, what? How many Starks are left? I think he thinks Sansa left. He doesn't know that any of them are alive. Yeah, but he, he states them all as truths. I'm not saying he's intentionally lying. Mm-hmm. I'm saying as an audience member, I was like. 
I don't know if this is true. I don't know if that's true. Is it really sound advice if I don't know if I believe it? It's well, popular opinion, though. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think that he was right to tell her to want other things besides the throne because that's not the most important thing. And it's nice to finally hear someone say that in the show that's called Game of Thrones, that the throne is not the most important thing, that we need to look beyond that and the real meaning behind what the throne is. Hmm. I thought it was interesting when he asked her who was going to support her when she got back there. And all these places, like, why were they, why are they going to come up and stand up for you? Yeah, maybe the common people will, but you did that here, and uh, you're having a hard time without the rich people supporting you, too. So, uh, yeah, I'm curious, what, house, what houses do you think would support Daenerys when she returned to Westeros? I'm hoping Dorn. <laughs> um, I think what we're seeing in this in this season is that... She mentions, like, in the key line that she's going to break the wheel. Mm-hmm. But what I'm going to say is the wheel's already breaking itself. Mm-hmm. Well, she isn't privy to knowing exactly what's going on, but we are. Yep. We are seeing that houses are being broken already. The um, When you're talking about the Lords of the Vale, that house has really been destroyed. I mean, it's in the hands of a little disturbed boy. The veil. I feel like the veil is the house that's been touched the least during all the war. Uh, They they lost the mom. They They really haven't lost anyone else. Well, except for the hand of the king that was murdered that incited the whole show. Well, that was the whole show, (laughs) yes. Okay, so two people. I feel like it was a lot less than most houses. Yes, but that's dismantled. The Lannisters are ones in Dorne doing who knows what, being questioned. One's in prison. Mm -hmm. One's trapped in his room. Yeah, it's it's crumbling. They're all crumbling. You have also the Tyrells in Jeopardy. Um, who knows what's going on with the Greyjoys? We need to see a little bit of more of them. Yeah, the, we don't know. Um, the Martells just lost one of their princes. Like, all the houses are already crumbling. We're not mm-hmm. talking about she's going to war against these strong houses that are really doing well with their alliances. Right. Like, yeah, everyone's betraying everyone. So I think our situation I, I just asked um, the people in the chat who they which houses they think would support Daenerys Targaryen in Westeros. And um, Akash says Tyrell and Martell's would, more than likely. Um, Keanu says Sansa Bolton would. (laughs) 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 But I just want to keep calling her Stark. I just, I can't call her Bolton. And then um, also people think the the, the people of Flea Bottom would probably support someone with a dragon. There you go. Also, the The whole people at the wall might support... Mm. What I mean, I, Mike, who knows? I guess everyone would just have to weigh their options. And, you know, there's all the what do we really want things. So what knows? I like is the few people from the houses are, that are being crushed, the ones that we like, seem to be through going through this process where they're adopted to other houses. Like right now, Jamie being in Dorne, I feel like oh. I feel like there may be in the future, the Martells may like uh, eventually there be an alliance there. They'll adopt him. And like we all love Tyrion. And now he is in Marine with Danny, so it's like, I feel like our favorite members from the the houses that maybe we didn't love initially, like, they're Mm -hmm. still going to become, maybe, part of a new house. Hmm. We're still waiting for Varys, too. Yeah, (laughs) where is Varys there? Um, It is interesting that we get in this that uh, Daenerys finally finds out that Varys may not be this evil person that's been Mm -hmm. against him the Mm -hmm. whole, against her the whole time, excuse me, and may actually be helping her out. So, Mm -hmm. she's sort of getting all this information. And, uh, yes. and if her goal is to have the houses destroyed, he could be a very good ally because he doesn't have a house. Yep. He doesn't right. represent a party, there so to speak. Did you guys think it was a little weird that she was so quickly sitting alone in a room with Tyrion? 
I was like, where are the guards? What's uh, this is a little dangerous? What's what's happening here? A little, little out of it. But anyway, I guess yeah. that's just a little pet peeve of mine from this episode. I but, get it, but I feel like she... He's someone who's really easy to trust after you let him speak. I feel like you can really get to Ooh, know dangerous. him. Yeah, he's he could if he was a Varus type, he would be so dangerous. <laughs> really. What do you guys think about Jorah going back to the slaver? I think as soon as he got Grayscale, his his fate was pretty much sealed. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if, I feel like if he can, you know, at least be seen as a as a devoted man in Daenerys's eyes, at least one more time. Yeah. And he can die you know, in I, peace. I guess my theory is, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm this theory here, is that he's going to uh, try to prove himself and very uh, in the fighting pit. So very much like an old Roman thing, if you're the hero, the people want you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if all of a sudden all the people like Jorah, <laughs> Daenerys can keep him. We're going to need him. I'm thinking that's what's going to happen. <laughs> We're going to need him to hold the city together. We need a hero. <laughs> we need a hero. Awesome. So, uh, For you, Khaleesi. Yeah, so let's head out of there. But before we um, before we go over to Arya's storyline, I just want to uh, talk to the viewers for a second. Uh, we love hearing from you guys. We love the comments. We love the tweets. We read them all. You can see we've been very active in the YouTube comments this season. And uh, we've been chatting. And, and we want you to know that uh, right now, for the next couple of weeks, we are doing a list survey on podcastone.com. We'd love you to go there, fill out the listener survey, and you know you can have an impact on how to make the show the best it can possibly be. So uh, please head over there right now, check it out, podcastone.com. That's podcast one spelled out, so O-N-E.com. And thank you guys. Keep commenting. I love it. Yep, that would really help us out, Chris. So yeah. thank you. Ooh. <laughs> and uh, if you liked that or didn't like that, note that in the survey. <laughs> adding that to our list. <laughs> so let's get head over to Aria, or should I say Lana or Lana? See, I was That's afraid her weird. face was going to change, so I'm glad that she's just taking on this new identity, and we can still recognize her at this point. Yeah, she's we, got some sweet new hair, though. New hair, yeah. yeah. So she's sort of on this training mission, sort of thing to to uh, attempt to become someone else. Uh, it seems like uh, who is an oyster sales girl, right? <laughs> uh, Sarah, you. I what's feel. Up? I just have very mixed reactions to this storyline. And in my mind, I'm like, I like where this could be heading. She's intertwining herself in more plots. You've got the idea of her becoming this sort of assassin, whatnot. I think that they've introduced something interesting in who's actually on her side within, like, We've, we've had this blonde girl who we've, mm-hmm. I've always pictured as against Arya, but in this episode mm-hmm. I was kind of like, really, is she? Or is she trying to protect her? Um, how are these two people going to inter- interact with Arya in this new schooling? But at the same time, it's like, ah, I'm so used to seeing Arya being in charge of her own life and standing up to people and being rebellious and being a fighter that... It's she's taking a step back to learn more actively, so now she's taking all the instructions. So to right. me, it's I don't get to see that fighting spirit that I normally see in Arya as much right now. I think she needs it though. It's a slow process becoming an assassin. (laughs) But that's hard when what we left with her last season was this crazy, like leaving the hound. Uh, bloody and basically yelping. And then we're going to this where she's being like 
slapped on the wrist a lot and told very much what to do and like what do you see what do you not see so it's just almost like she slowed down a little bit I think that she needs to slow down to learn more and to get these bigger other stories that are going to intertwine her in things but it's it's a little like at the moment I'm like you you just want to see her kill people so you're sadistic like Kristen over here I I got that weird feeling that you got Sarah (laughs) when um when um (laughs) Uh, the the faceless man, Jack 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 and Jack and Jack and Hagar. Um, I, when he said, "Oh, you know, it's all the same to the many faced God." You know, what if she fails? Ah, it's all the same. So his indifference to her life kind of made me feel uncomfortable because yeah. he thought that she was in this safe haven with this guy, and now I don't believe him. I no? think I think that he knows she's going to be just fine. Like you said, Sarah, she was just fine before, and that's why she's gotten this far so far with them. I think that girl's jealous because she hasn't been given this chance. Mm. I think it's obvious mm. that Ari is bringing in a skill set that has gotten her further than that other girl. And I know that Jockin believes in her. Or he wouldn't so be doing this think just I, saying I, that? I think he's just saying that. I'm not convinced. I could see it going either yeah, way. I felt, I, I felt he was, his lines were a little manufactured just to give the audience some like edge of our seat. Here's like, the thing. Is it, it bad, is bad things I happen? think she needs to get in trouble here. Absolutely. It can't go picture perfect. Something's going to go wrong. Exactly. But I think he will be there as one face or another. Maybe he's the guy. Maybe Mm. he's the gambler. You know? Yeah. Oh. Why not? Interesting. I like it. You think, though, this is just setting up as some sort of... This is all a test. Why should we think this isn't still a test? Why should we think the game's over and her her rule... her Now she's allowed to go out on her own? I don't believe it. That's very sneaky. That's very sneaky. I don't know if I'd buy it. It was very sneaky. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, she has to kill this gambler guy who's sort of ripping off captains and, and mm-hmm. ripping off their families and whatnot. Um, and she has to go and poison him. So she's got to figure out how to do all this. She's already feeding him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, she's going to put it on the, vine- the vinegar. On uh, yeah, who else? why so. else would you do it any other way? He's not so going to eat shot. I'm a shot girl now. <laughs> <laughs> That's the genius of it. You set up this, this other person in this mm-hmm. world, and they have a day-to-day activity. And so when you see them, there's nothing wrong. I think and that's how just, assassins then, normally do it. I it's mean, amazing. not saying I have another life or anything. But. <laughs> Says the girl with a dagger up her go. sleeve right now. I mean, whatever. <laughs> so let's head out of there. Let's go to King's Landing. Cersei is in jail. This is, <laughs> yes! <laughs> this makes me happy. I don't know. I guess I hate Cersei. Um, and uh, we see uh, a few different scenes where this um, this sparrow, this lady sparrow is... Just, Gigantic lady sparrow. <laughs> maybe just the angle. You know, Napoleon thing. I guess saying. it would <laughs> she's like towering and taking up the entire cell. Yeah, and Cersei just uh, won't have it. Keeps she's got that strength still in her. She's like she's trying to fight. She's trying to fight only until they leave, and yeah. then she slurps water off the floor. Oh, yeah, that's when you know she's you have a survivor. It rough. But yeah. she gets a visitor in the form of Quiburn. And she starts learning a little information about what's going on outside with Tommen not leaving his room. Mm-hmm. Uh, Uncle Kevin has come back into the fold, and he's the hand of the king now. And Still hates her. <laughs> yeah, still hates her. He's not coming to see her. So uh, I mean, as far as Tommen goes, you raise a baby, he's going to be a baby. She never left his side. Now the little bird can't fly. Like, you give your kids a ride their whole life, they're never going to leave the nest, and that's what's happening. Mm. And I got to think that that Kevin has a hand in that too, with not going back, uh, not wanting Tommen to go either. So well, he's probably not going to chew up his food for him. <laughs> Brian, is there something on the? Well, I'm on? just I'm just hoping that the 
people at home can still hear and see us because I can't. It seems like there's some freezing. We are sorry for any technical difficulties during this show. Um, there we go. But as far as Kyber goes, I, I really liked his um, his statement on how belief is often the death of reason, and it kind of just sums up how fragile the system is. And when you start giving people power, especially those who are in charge of a belief system, um, you no longer have the joys of making you know sound reasonable decisions and having political debates. No, the person who's in charge of a belief system will take over hmm. and that's what's hmm. happened interesting um i like that we finally learned exactly what she is going to be tried for fornication <laughs> treason and incest now i'm assuming incest with lancel not incest with jamie and the murder of her husband and the killing of the king oh yeah <laughs> both very Reg- important regicide. there we go but uh Quyburn says there is hope and the work continues. What's <laughs> dun, he talking dun, dun, about, dun. everybody? Man bear pig. <laughs> <laughs> A little Gregor Stein action? No, but in? seriously, so what's going to happen even when the mountain emerges as this Frankenstein creature? I mean, is he just going to be like a giant and stomp on people? Like, I, he, he's still one creature, right? Mm-hmm. So yep. it's like, it's not like he can save Cersei and everyone from. I mean, can he himself... Unless he's undead. Undead. Can he himself take on the High Sparrows and the Faith Militant all by himself? I doubt, I really doubt it. So it's like, they're building know. up this creature. I can't talk about this. Oh, because you actually know. <laughs> well, what do you think, Sarah? What are they going to do with him? How is he going to come in and save the day? I don't know exactly what they're going to do with him, but I think that since we've been playing with the idea of the undead... Um, I think that he might have been able to harness that power in some way, um, much like the creature in um, Frankenstein. So this whole play, also I don't think the Faith Militant are that strong great yeah. at their job they're they are not they tend to have like one weapon and it's normally like a bludger like they yep. are not attacking people with swords and this is a famous warrior who I think could take out quite a few of them. So he's going to at least raise a problem. Yes. He's going to maybe put off the trials a little bit. Ooh. And also, um, we need to mention that he also managed there was a way to escape, and he didn't exactly say Mother's Mercy. Maybe there is another way. Yeah, can good guys, point. Can you guys explain to me what you think the Mother's Mercy is? It's confession. It's. I think it's very similar. I'm taking it as very similar to, like, the... Catholic religion, mm-hmm. where when you confess to a priest, they kind of give you right. something to do to repent for your sins, and depending on the whatever, you, like the degree of which you mm-hmm. sin, yeah. yeah. yes, they it adjusts. Mm-hmm. You know, Cersei, I do it all the time. It's no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's against this idea. So she's going to have to do something. If she does call for the Mother's Mercy, she'll have to face a punishment before yes. she can be cleaned of her sins. Mm-hmm. Mm. See, and, and that makes me nervous because the last time, I mean, Joffrey's definition of mercy is different from Cersei's, is different from you know, yeah. Ned Stark. I mean, everyone has their own definition of mercy. So I'm yeah. just wondering what the High Sparrows. Well, we've seen them do a punishment before, right? Uh, when they got the High Septon, we saw the Walk of Shame going on there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't seem like seem like killing the king might deserve something a little bit more than that. But that's the one punishment we've seen the sparrows dole mm-hmm. out to someone before. So. I feel like their mercy may be killing her. <laughs> mm. I don't know. We'll see. Mercy from this life. Interesting. (laughs) You you never longer have to live in embarrassment. We're just going to kill you. (laughs) That's our mercy. 
Maybe, yeah, well, I mean, I, oh, she's still fighting, and she still calls for Jane. Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all these shows for you free is by our amazing sponsors, and today, Spotify is one of our sponsors. On Spotify, you can listen to all of your favorite artists and podcasts in one place for free. You don't even need a premium account. Spotify has a huge catalog of podcasts on every topic, including the one you're listening to right now. On Spotify, you can follow your favorite podcast so you don't miss an episode. Premium users can even download episodes to listen to offline, wherever they are, and you can easily share what you're listening to with all your friends and following on Instagram. If you haven't done so already, be sure to download the Spotify app and search for AfterBuzz TV on Spotify or browse podcasts in the Your Library tab. Also, make sure you follow us so you never miss an episode of AfterBuzz TV. Amy at one point again, and it seems like she wants Jamie to do everything. Go down to Dorne, get our daughter. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, you're in Dorne. Why don't you come back here and help me? It's, mm-hmm. it's like, you can't do everything. But. I'm happy he's there. I feel like, honestly, he's safer now. <laughs> safer away from her, right? Yeah, absolutely. I agree. But let's head up north to Winterfell. Before uh, we head up north to okay. Winterfell, I just want to throw a question to Alexis real quick, our engineer. Alexis, can you hear me? Um, we're getting a lot of stuff on our feed about freezing or whatnot. Would it help us to restart or, like, throw up another video, or should we just continue to go through nope, this? No, keep, keep running. Everything is fine. It just It's just cutting in and out because we do have a lot of people people watching that's all okay. don't worry no. it's your fault no don't, don't say that your <laughs> fault <at home>. <laughs> <laughs> but no it should at least on my side it's running smoothly right now so i would try to keep going as much as you can so we're not wasting too much okay. time you know who the is o- responsible the others are attacking <laughs> white walker is of course responsible for freezing <laughs> just kidding guys i love you we're all safe here <laughs> I was thinking it might be me. Should I hop off? Or we're probably no, just, just do the thing. We're going to keep on chatting here. Let's go, guys. Let's um, do this. Sansa and Theon. Uh, Sansa wants to know, why? Why did you do this? And they have a discussion about Bran and Rickon here. And she finally learns the truth. Finally. I was, I was shocked. I couldn't believe he came right out and said it so, it, so it easily. Very quickly um, mm-hmm. that this, this came out in this conversation. I don't know if I really liked it. Like, I we've been waiting for this piece of information for her, like in the back mm-hmm. of our heads, and this yes. is what their second, third time alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the third and time already exposed. Um, I'm glad she knows now. Maybe it'll give her something to aim for versus exactly right. finding them. Uh, but it was. I felt like this conversation was too easy. Well, before Sansa was so cold and numb, you know, because she lost her whole family, and now you can see it in her eyes. She's something to live for. She has family out there somewhere. Mm -hmm. So I feel like this is going to change her behavior and the way she handles her situation. Right. Um, She's going to step up, I think, and be that motherly role and sort of like, okay, I have to be selfless, and I have other family members out there who are younger than me that I need to think for. But what can she do for them? Not be stupid and get killed? Sansa is... She's not, I, I've never seen her as the smartest character in the game. Um, but I feel like she's going to make a move, maybe reach out to Littlefinger, the only man she can trust. Um, I don't know, give Littlefinger some more information about existing Starks. That's, that's dangerous territory, maybe she'll especially, give... when one, when, especially when they're both men. Um, and in the north, where the men are, though. I mean, she does have, have another claim. person yeah, who's, exactly. trying, who's trying to help her out. Miss Bran, who's right now mm-hmm. kind of just sitting around with Podrick, who yeah. has a Valyrian steel sword. Yeah, oh, here's no. your new she mission, does. Bran. She and does. she could go and find these two lost boys. Interesting. So she just has to get that information out to Brienne. But, but Brienne swore to protect Sansa. She would leave? Oh, but this came from, also you have to kind of expand 
her oath and caring oath keeper is that she was devout to Catelyn Stark. And I think that it can be interpreted that she was supposed to take care of her children, mm-hmm. not just her daughters, but I think her sons are just as included in that as well. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so after that scene, we have Roose preparing for Stannis. Uh, they're talking about how many ha- men they have, and his plan is that they should just hold up behind the walls of Winterfell and let them all starve and mutiny out in the, out in the storm. But Ramsay has a different plan. Uh, he says something about taking 20 men, and that's all he needs. What's he got up his sleeve? I'm really excited about this, like, stealth mission. Mm-hmm. Obviously, in his mind, he thinks he just has to kill the king, which is probably the case. So it's nice that he, I like that this is the first time in my mind that I'm like, all right, I'm going along with his plan, actually. I want to see him go on this stealth mission and see what he can do. And fail miserably. That's mm-hmm. fine with me, too, but I want to see it, at least. I have finally <laughs> figured out how I think I want Ramsey to die. <laughs> um, it's taking a lot of fun. And this I is going to happen in the mission. I don't know. Okay. He's going to have to venture quite early. I just feel like it would be just like very... Like poetic justice for him to be murdered by ghosts on the order of like because he has all these hounds he's kept Theon in the kennels whatnot I just want to see him kind of get hunted down. Uh, but we saw a ghost is still at I Castle know, Black. I know he didn't go on the journey. I don't know how this is going to happen. I'm just saying this is the vision <laughs> I want to happen. Okay, well <laughs> I don't know. I still want Sansa to kill him. I want that so bad that becomes less and less chance every day of happening. But I just want to see Sansa kill someone and then I'm going to have the utmost respect for her and I'm going to follow her throughout the rest of her story. I don't know if I want empowering women everywhere. (laughs) Just kill somebody. No. no. I don't know if I want to see Sansa become an Arya-like killer. I think it would be Mm. much more interesting to see Sansa as a mastermind who moves the pawns and yes, ends up causing his death but doesn't actually bloody her hand. She's too. She becomes too smart for that. I think she already kind of did a little bit because I mean, you see Ramsay taking this bold Mm -hmm. move to say, ah, I'm going to take 20 men and end this war for you, father. He's trying to solidify his spot because Sansa has planted these seeds yeah. of doubt into Ramsay's mind. So maybe she already has kind of I just things up. The thing for me is I just don't think she has the courage to do it. And I want to see, we've seen Catelyn kill and... We just, we've seen the women in this show do what they need to do, and I want to see that her do that. I want to see her courage come out when we least expect it. I'm not saying I want her to become a warrior and this becomes something she does normally, but I just want to see it when it needs to be done that she's going to do it. Interesting. I'm going to shout out to the chat because they just came up with an idea that I'm going to steal. One of them mentioned Nymeria, which could. Nymeria. Nymeria, thank you. But. This could blend my plan. Ooh. Not ghost. Nymeria. When was the last time we heard about Nymeria? Season one. Season one. <laughs> I don't even know what we're talking about, but shout out to Nymeria you guys. Did we get their name? Yeah, um, mm-hmm. That was Veronica Ashley. Thank you for nice, your prediction. Nice. And we also Help have thank. Autumn Chickless in the chat. Yeah, yes! Autumn, we miss you. I'm just so keeping much. your seat warm. Autumn, you lazy bum. Get over here. <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, let's. Uh, I don't think we have anything else to chat about Winterfell, so let's head to the wall a little further north. We have, a, we have a short scene between um, Sam and Gilly before Ollie comes in. And so it's mainly between Sam and Ollie here about can you trust John, why do you trust him, sort of seeing that Sam's alliance still lies with John in this scene through thick and thin. And Ollie is. Uh, I wouldn't say he's on the fence. He's off the fence. And he's, on the, <laughs> he's on the other side of the fence. He's off his rocker. I feel and like we've already is. had this scene. 
Every we sideways glance we, we have from Ollie. Ollie is this scene, pretty like, much. I feel like yeah. I just keep seeing Ollie have this kind of same conversation over and over again. I'm not sure if this was finally the one that changed no. his mind. No, this is the one that solidified his plan all along. This is one of those things where advice taken the wrong way, mm-hmm. I think, comes to mind. I think this scene was supposed to make us pause for a second mm-hmm. and not just assume Ollie was against John. I think this scene I think the intent of this scene was to say, hey, maybe Ollie maybe Ollie can side with John, but I don't think it I don't think that got conveyed properly. No. I, I, that's not what I was thinking with. I left with also an Ollie that was either conflicted or not sent over. It would have been a different message if if Sam had been the one to really turn him and that was going to be Sam's role that he could kind of step up into a leadership, like, inspiring position. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, didn't, didn't come across. What yeah. I think is going to happen is Sam is definitely going to have to kill Ollie whenever he sees Ollie going after John because they had this conversation and he knows that Ollie's not on his side. So I think that's just a future thing. But obviously the <laughs> advice was the choice you make may not always seem right to the people around you, but in the long run it was the right choice. And it's like, what? Mm. <laughs> you could definitely take that the wrong way and go to kill John. Oof. Or try. Attempt. Oh, I'm scared about Ollie. Scared yeah, I asked uh, people in the chat thoughts on Ollie and um, <laughs> murderer. <laughs> yeah. Both uh, Bobby and, and Keanu say, "Kill the boy." <laughs> a little illusion. We have to. I like how we liked him last season, and now all of a sudden we hate this. Did guy. we like him? He did kill a grit. He saved John. I didn't think she was going to kill him, but that's another discussion. <laughs> that's another one. So let's let's go with John. John is arriving in Hard Home, where all the wildlings are stationed at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, they row the boats in, and they are confronted with the Lord of Bones. <laughs> yeah. Not for very long. <laughs> he really becomes one with the bones there. <laughs> he became a pile of bones, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. This was the perfect setup for what this scene sequence became. That's how we started it from the very get-go. Mm. All of us were like, oh, as he just like got murdered with his own staff and just stepped <laughs> over. I was just like writing down, and now we've entered the political realm north of the wall. Yeah. <laughs> Wildling politics. This we is go. how this happened. They're so cutthroat. <laughs> it was fantastic. Hey, oh. Did we have, did we see him um, uh, stand up at the end? Did we see him be resurrected? Ooh. I did not, but something tells me he probably was with everybody else. I would assume, because I think you have to burn the dead in order for them yeah. not to be resurrected. So. That didn't he happen. Could, he could be. It wasn't yeah. focused on. I wish they had shown him. I he's, wish that would have been. He's not that would have been, been very creepy. He's not going to look very different, though. <laughs> he's going to have his head smashed in. Um, but then we have the meeting with the elders and the giant and uh, all this political intrigue north of the wall. Um one, one, one. one. I just <laughs> want to say it, everybody. One. You recognize the one, one name. One, one. Is there anything you can tell us that's not too um, I much can't, of a book spoil? I can't tell you anything interesting. I, he he is a character in the books, and he is named after the New York Giants quarterback Phil Sims, whose number was eleven. And George George R. R. Martin is a big football fan, so one, one is his nice. name. Hmm. Bam. Gotcha. Nice, nice. <laughs> but uh, I can't. No, I can't really talk about him too much. I just. Uh, okay. He's a cool dude. But he's part <laughs> of the elder meeting along with um, one of the friends. No. One of. Yeah, this is all completely. Uh, John never goes there. 
in the book. Wow. So this is all stuff that happens um, off the off the page in the book. It's um, a to- it's a whole other world. Yeah, I, I, I even en- enjoyed the the part where John um, mentions to Tormund how the long night, or I'm sorry, yeah, the long night is coming. So mm-hmm. it's no longer winter is coming because winter is pretty much. Pretty much here, right? It's showing up in the north. We've got the storm coming in. <laughs> They're pretty much living in winter, so now it's the long night. The long night. But John, winter is here. John tempts them with dragon glass and the promise that this is the ability to fight them, and we will provide you with this power if you come with us. That and land. Mm-hmm. And to which they debate, and some of them say no, but the, uh, excuse me, most of them say yes, but the then say no. Um, and who cares about the Thens? I hate Thens. Yeah, but then that guy <laughs> ends up saving John mm-hmm. or fighting with John uh, when the when the others come, when the White Walker shows yeah, up. Yeah, they have know? to become allies a lot faster than they thought they would. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we get this reverse uh, Saving Private Ryan scene where they are leaving the ocean, <laughs> leaving the beach. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Spoiler for Private Ryan. Oh, sorry. You don't know about Normandy. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we get this amazing action scene. This was so awesome, and I have no notes. But others attack. This was intense. I this was crazy. So we have the I horsemen. Have multiple notes. Do My it. first one was definitely well. First of all, we got the storm coming, whether covering up the light, going through the smoke. Um, you got the gate, but most symbolically to me was the four horsemen, which to me is the four horsemen of the apocalypse. apocalypse. I think Agreed. that's exactly what they're right. getting to. One of my favorite things about the scene was now that we've not only seen them, we had an epic battle um, that was shot fantastically, but also now all the Night's Watch and the Wildlings have been exposed to kind of the hierarchy, the insight of the White Walkers, mm-hmm. which we as an audience have seen, but they've only been encountering them for the most part one-on-one. They've seen one person come to life. We've seen maybe some people get when they took the babies out of the woods, but this was everyone together. We got the layers of zombies. We got the horsemen. We have kind of the stronger knights who have these the weapons that break swords. We have who I take to be a leader coming out onto the dock, making the very nice king. Can contact. we say that? We'll call him the Knights King. Yeah. Seems to be but now seems to be the popular name for They him. have a story that they can tell. They can spread. They can show that this is not just a mass of White Walkers, but there is an agenda behind it. And I think in that insight into the structure was very interesting mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, because it's not just brainless. Like mm-hmm. there's a thinking power there and that's mm-hmm. important to realize. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, this is this is really interesting to me. This hierarchy doesn't exist in the books. And it's 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 interesting that they did this in the show. They're sort of giving it this personification in this Knights King sort of dude. Whereas in the books it's the others are just very much a force of nature. It's like winter is coming. Winter is like the others, in a way, mm-hmm. it's just sort of this thing that comes and, and destroys stuff. And you know, I thought it was interesting. It, you know, these zombie type creatures, the the like Walking Dead kind of guys, uh, they got shot in the head with arrows and they didn't die. Oh, you know, I thought that was a universal zombies. zombie rule. <laughs> no, uh, they're they're different. No. Right? So, so how do you kill them? Right with fire. So, uh, so it's dragon glass. The, yeah, the, the rules the rules of in the book is there's the others who are the White Walkers. Uh, they are the ones with the swords, uh, with the uh, that shatter and stuff like that. They're the they're the White Walkers. Mm-hmm. You kill them with dragon glass. Mm-hmm. Then when they turn someone into a zombie, that zombie is called a white 
mm-hmm. W-I-G-H-T. And the whites don't die by dragonglass, they die by fire. Okay. And I'm so writing those, this down. Those are the rules. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if we've had that established in the show, um, but uh, but you do see one of the others walk through fire mm. and is undamaged by that. So mm-hmm. they are just dragonglass and... and we find out Valyrian steel. Woohoo! Yeah, no, yeah. Valyrian steel. It's a good thing I'm happy right here. That was the moment we stood up and screamed. We're gonna be safe, guys. But I think that's. Uh, I think it kind of uh, highlights the point that in the end, I think it's going to be a battle between ice and fire. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. here we go. Fire versus White Walkers. Dra- dragons versus boom, lights. boom, boom, boom. That's. Where it's going, I want right? to see it. I, I feel like the, the dragons would just be able to go, and they'd all be gone except right. for the others, you know? <laughs> well, it, it does. It interplays how we're going to see these worlds collide because we need dragons. We need Valyrian steel, which mm-hmm. means we're going to have to go probably back to Valyria, which we know is. Yeah, that's not going to work out. So there are only a limited amount of Valyrian blades mm-hmm. left in the world. Um, and, and when you lose them, they're gone. Like the, uh, the Lannisters, before they took Ned's sword, they lost their uh, so their Valyrian steel blade in a, uh, in a boat accident. It's mm-hmm. lost to sea somewhere. Well, let's go find it! <laughs> <laughs> and then we also know that we can get more dragon glass, but yes. it's going to have to be harvested. Mm. And, so. as um, pointed out by Tyrion Lannister, not even joking, <laughs> nice. Tyrion Lannister says apparently they can't swim. Either, yeah. Well, there so you go. that's kind of a zombie that, well, regular that's a good, thing. That's right? a good thing to know when you're when you're dealing with general. going to war. They I mean, are. if they can't, we also know the Night's Watch can't paddle very fast. <laughs> so they didn't make it out from that coastline very well. <laughs> we also know that one one's going to either like swim or walk. All <laughs> He's away. just going to walk to the boats and then I don't know, hang on. You He's going to be on like a, a boogie board behind one of those boats or something. Oh, man. <laughs> this was so awesome. Do you guys have anything more to talk about it's in this scene? Yes. To like, oh, please, go. Oh, I just wanted to talk about that scene where they all seemingly commit suicide. The, 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 other... lemming, the lemming run, I like to call Can it. Can you talk about that? Can I talk about it? Yes, you obviously know more than I do. No, they just look well, like know. lemmings going up the side of a cliff. But, I mean, you can't kill them except by fire, so that was just a quick way down, you know? Screw the elevator. Right, Let's get but down they there. didn't get up immediately, so we were like, what's going on? And then all of a sudden, like, they all... All rise. That oh, was just, just, a, just a dramatic pause. I, but I love that. A- anyone having mixed emotions about we kind of got an I who I thought was a very intriguing character in the woman elder yes. of the wildlings who established herself as a good fighter, put her kids on the boat, so we learned that she's a mother. And then we have her put her arms over her chest as she cannot attack the Ooh. white children. Yeah. What I, that bummed me that out. That was good. Yeah. That bummed me out Well so done, show. Well done. Like, there's absolutely no way to reverse them, right? Like, they're dead. Not that we they know need of. To be but killed. I mean, this is a new thing to them. Right. I just didn't know if... It reversed uh, otherism? Yeah. No, I don't think so. I, I think it's a one-way road, as far as we know. Yeah. Um, How are you guys feeling about that? Like, I I understood, like, the choice, kind of, and that they they mm-hmm. they showed us that she was a mom, like, right before this scene, and were very evident about it, and then they put it so that she emotionally couldn't kill things that were in the bodily form of children. Yep. Right. But I had also taken her to be a very smart like elder. She's in this council. So to me it was kind of sending mixed emotions. I wanted to see her fight through that and kill them. I, was, I didn't. I was wondering if she recognized them. Yeah. That's a really great point. 
Mm. And that was a big deal. That was a big reason why she couldn't do that. I don't know if it was just making her think of her children or if she knew these children from the last time the White mm-hmm. Walkers attacked. Yeah. From like the Fist of Earth uh, when First Man was all Night's Watch. Never mind. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm curious if she recognized them or they just I think we see that struggle, though, across films whenever the enemy shows up in a child. There's always that hesitance. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's kind I of thought expected. it was interesting that not only did she not fight back against them, but also in the rest of the battle, I didn't notice any other white um, children of the whites, and I didn't notice anyone else attacking them. It mm. was something that I felt they were very much reserved for that scene and that moment, mm. and they weren't really present throughout the rest of the fighting, which to me was kind of interesting and was a line that normally this show, in my opinion, really excels on showing controversial topics in different ways that people go about them in times of war and struggle and you while you might see one person like in this case not want to fight them then normally we also see the other perspective of someone who is willing to do so hmm. like right. we tend mm-hmm. to see people have an obstacle and some people either face it and some people decide that this is their limit and in, like in this case more or less sacrifice themselves to yeah. it. Um, and so it's interesting to me in such an epic fight scene and a very long fight scene that we didn't see the other side of that coin with this situation. Interesting. I agree with that but I mean you would have been okay with her killing these children because oh, I I've would. I wouldn't have. They're already dead. I know. (laughs) Like, if it's Ollie, sure. But, like, I don't think I want to see that. Yeah, I I would have been... I think it would have rubbed us the wrong way. I think it would have been really painful to watch. Yeah. Any rapid fire questions? Over yeah, I was, it was about. To, well, I was. Uh, I was going to say, Chris, and you're totally right. I think about the them bringing this story back to the other side of the wall. I mean. These are hundreds, thousands of people who just saw White Walkers, who just saw the Army of the Dead. Word is going to travel fast. I think it's going to travel faster than the wall. I think everyone's going to know about it soon. And as far as uh, my predictions, um, we'll hold them for a second. And yes, let's do some rapid fire. (laughs) Nice. All right, rapid fire questions. Um, Kyle. Yeah. Bo asks, who else would be the main evil here? Who's Besides, I guess he means besides, like, the White Walkers. Besides the White Walkers, the main evil. Besides yeah. Ramsey? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The others, they are, they are the big evil. They are the, mm-hmm. the, they are the winter that is coming. They are the evil. I don't know who else it would be. That's as big as it gets. Yeah. That's if it. Cersei can be a White Walker? <laughs> I don't know. There you go. Um... It's interesting to me because I think that Melisandre, I'm jumping into your mm. rapid fire question. Yes. Melisandre good- was the person who came in and when we, when she was introduced, I thought she was the villain and now she kind of stands at this middle point where maybe she could be a tool to save people because mm-hmm. she has also picked the um, White Walkers as her enemy or enemy of the Lord of Light. So I'll let you go ahead and rapid fire. I'll let you feel this one. Okay. Uh, Jaziel Pichardo. Hello. Oh, here we go again. Hello, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Jaziel. Uh, will Melisandre have a compelling way to convince Stannis of killing his daughter in order to become king, or will his wife kill the girl to please the fire? Um, between the two, whether the wife is killing or Melisandre is using her either feminine wiles or whatnot, <laughs> I'm going to say combine the two. Possible Melisandre convincing 
convincing the wife, the mom, to kill her yeah. own kid. Salise. Yeah, Salise is a goner. Salise. I think we've been saying that for a while. So awesome. We've seen these women work together in the past, plot together, maybe even like there was a bath scene at one point. Bath <laughs> um, together, kill together, end scene. One more for Kristen, and we'll wrap this Kristen, up. Kristen, ice dragons, question mark? Ice dragons? <laughs> <laughs> and there we have it. Thank you guys so much for watching this episode of Game of Thrones After Buzz TV After Show Recap. Oh, wait. We got to do predictions. Yeah. I'm jumping. I'm so excited. This episode has me so pumped. Oh, my God. I'm sorry, guys. I don't know what's going on. You know what? Death is your sentence. <laughs> what's coming up, guys? What's happening? What do we think? I'm excited that Jamie has to align with the Martells. That's really exciting for me. Ooh. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm fine could, with that. You, so you're thinking he's aligning, for sure. I mean, he may be against it, but what choice does he have? Aren't they going to kill him? It's true. Um, <laughs> no mother's mercy in Dorne. I'm not sure. I don't know. What's popping into my head isn't really a prediction, but it was a thing that I noticed, and partially because you Kyle mentioned it. Uh-oh. I think last week on the gift they ran out of time and like filmed too much. <laughs> there was like two scenes in this week that they were like very blatantly like gift type scenes. Yeah. One was the poison being called the gift. There was also another one that I'm blanking out at the moment, but I literally feel mm. like there was two scenes that, that they the wanted to Dragon Glass. Yeah. There we go. And he called it, here's the gift. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we did get Dragon Glass as a gift, but from Samba John last yes. one. So I can overlook that one. But Aria, That's come fine. On. But I think that those were both there. Like, let's film all these things. Oh, we don't have enough time. Um, that being said, we are going... I want to see some reintroduction of some characters we've been missing. We keep talking about Bren and Rickon. Are they going to come back in these nope. next two Next episodes? season. Nope. Completely no one. No. No one's nope. coming no. back. I'm holding Maybe up like how- an Ryan end scene. Give it to me. I predict that this next episode, Jorah is going to kick some earth. Yeah. Big time. Yes. And he's going to have a gladiator moment, total redemption. and um, Then die because he's covered then, in... Then die from, <laughs> from grayscale. Do, mm. do, do you guys think Sir Alistair is going to let them through the wall? Hell no. Mm. That's always been a war zone. It's like, no. Did, that's going to be a huge problem. Huge like problem. It the going on there. Yeah. But there we have it, everybody. Now I can actually do it. Thank you so much for watching this AfterBuzz TV Game of Thrones after show. Make sure, if you guys are watching on YouTube, to leave a comment, like, subscribe. If you're listening to it on iTunes, make sure to, to rate and leave a comment. And thank you guys so much for watching. My name's Kyle Maddock. You can find me at Mad Canard anywhere online. I'm Kristen Snyder, and you can follow me at Cinematic Escape. I'm Sarah Stratton, and you can follow... Kristen at Cinematic Escape. <laughs> and I'm Ryan Malady. You can follow me at Ryan Malady. Or Ryan. Mogulis. <laughs> From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 